you know, you'll kind of be confused in the future, looking back at these 2D static non-interactive medias that we're interacting with now in the same way that you look back at, you know, movies without sound, silent movies. You're like, whoa, it was missing this whole dimension of, of color and sound that we now um, take for granted. Hey, what's going on? Hope you are well and are having a good week as always. Uh, so on this episode of the Welcome to the Metaverse podcast, I chat to the awesome Jordan Lejuan, who has founded a series of incredibly unique and highly successful businesses uh, covering everything from psychedelics to immersive virtual reality art experiences. Uh, he's someone who knows how to launch an idea, raise money, execute on that and make it super successful. Uh, the most recent venture that he's involved in is one we've mentioned on the show before called the internet game an interactive game show hosted by a virtual influencer with 10 million followers where if you survive the series of games you can win a bored ape amongst other massive nft prizes uh, i reached out and asked if he'd come and chat to us on the podcast about everything he's worked on uh, but also what the future of content might look like in the metaverse as we embark on this new immersive future of the internet and the world in general. Jordan was brilliant in this chat, a super smart and lovely guy who also at the end of this episode shares some of the best advice I've heard on how to get involved in this space if you want to do that uh, but aren't sure quite how. Uh, thank you Jordan for coming on the show. Uh, thank you as well for your support and lovely reviews on the podcast as always. I really really appreciate them. Um, you can also now review on Spotify as well. Thank you so so much if you've done that uh, and you can always reach out and say hello at Metaverse Luke on Twitter. Uh, always love to hear from you. And if you want to keep up with the NFT drops that I'm looking at, you can head to my Substack at metaverseluke.substack.com. All the links are in the show notes, of course. Uh, and finally, nothing in this episode is financial or investment advice. Always do your own research. And with that said, let's dive into this week's episode. Jordan, great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for doing this. Lovely to be here. Good stuff. Uh, so yeah, we're going to have a conversation um, all about the future of content and what entertainment looks like in the metaverse. Because at the minute in our sort of day-to-day -day lives, normally we experience content in quite a passive way. Um, physically, usually it's through a kind of 2D device or a screen, whether that's telly or your phone, Instagram or Netflix or whatever. And also how we connect with that content is quite one way and quite passive. We usually watch a TV show, watch a film and then finish it. And then after that, we're not sort of immersed in that world with those characters after we finish watching stuff. So we're going to dive into all of that and what content is going to look like over the next few years. Cause I think it's a big area that's interesting and it's going to change a lot. But um, before we get into that, always good to hear your background. I know you've done loads of different, really interesting projects and yeah, it'd be fascinating just to hear uh, how you got into this space and uh, what you're focused on at the minute. Yeah, sure. Um, my story got interesting around 2009. Uh, I had worked my ass off in high school and gotten done all the AP classes and got college credits and like all that stuff and really thought that university was the answer uh, to all my my future to my future basically. Um, got into a good school, got to school, hated school. Uh, I was like, oh crap, my plan was was wrong. I ne now I need to figure out something else. And I happened upon a book in my father's bookshelf that was about meditation and really couldn't find any good resources online talking about that type of thing. You know, meditation, psychedelics, kind of like kind of the weird stuff that is now very mainstream but back then was um, kind of hidden behind closed doors and on really weird blogs, basically. Uh, so I started a website called highexistence.com that was all about exploring um, the kind of weirder side of things um, and uh, dropped out of college. 
and started learning how to code. I wanted to make the blog look just a little bit better. So I learned CSS and learned HTML and just kind of kept going from there. And then grew the blog to 3 million monthly readers over the course of the next two years. And then, yeah, that's how I got my start making things. And I haven't stopped since. So like you said, I've been involved in a lot of different things. Kind of the through line has been finding something that I think the world would really love that's not popular yet. And then fig- launching a company that introduces the world to that in a way that's really accessible um, to the average person. So the next thing was I moved to Montreal to start a sustainable community and was trying to popularize, you know, communal living and more, you know, sustainability and living more green. And at the same time, launched a clothing company called Rave Nectar that printed really crazy psychedelic art all over clothing and gave 20% to the artists. And actually both of those things launched on Kickstarter at the exact same time. Like they had literally overlapping campaigns, raised 30K, raised 70K for the clothing one. And I was like, oh, I can really build things. Like let's let's try some crazier stuff. So I moved to New York, started a, a bigger media company, futurism.com with my good friend. This time we, we raised money and did it right and got up to 60 employees um, with a, a website writing about all the latest and greatest in science and technology. So at that time it was very much like, AI, self-driving cars, and VR, I guess kind of the same as today. And crypto is really burgeoning at that point. And so I got to talk to a lot of very interesting people about you know, what they thought about the future of technology and how it could be harnessed for good. And kind of, I kind of fused that into my thesis of what I want to do really is, is use technology for good. I think it's so fascinating. I got really obsessed with VR at that time. We had, um, I got one of the, the Oculus Rifts from the, the Kickstarter campaign which was, you know, pretty crappy, but still mind blowing to experience. And then we had a um, HTC Vive in the the office at Futurism, and I must have walked a hundred people through their first VR experience. So I saw firsthand just how you know mind blowing people are when they actually try good VR, which I think most people still haven't tried, which is crazy mm. to me. Um, that was something that surprised me is how slow VR has rolled out. Okay, and then just to finish the story, I then ended up starting a museum in Midtown Manhattan, right across from Penn Station, called Zero Space, and moving going with the whole technology theme. Um, it basically collected a bunch of the most futuristic interactive type of art installations in the world. We talked to artists for, you know, six months from all over, from Turkey, Germany, France, Canada, the US, and then picked out 10 pieces. And when I say immersive, I don't mean like looking at a screen. I mean, you know, you're stepping into the art installation. Um, So we had things with lasers, projection mapping. We had a huge geodesic dome that was fully mapped like a planetarium where you were going through a wormhole to another dimension with, in leather seats that had big vibrating engines beneath them. So it was like you're shaking when you're taking off, you know, things with connects and, and LIDAR and all this stuff. And then COVID happened and museums didn't do that well during COVID. So we decided to close the doors and they actually tore down that building. And then I kind of returned to um, an earlier fascination in crypto, kind of taking something away from that museum, which is that people loved the interactive pieces more than the, the ones that weren't, that were less interactive. People love to see their, you know, their hand movement making an impact on the art that they were observing. And then I had just to totally finish out the story and touch on what you opened with is I loved HQ Trivia when it came out. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, did you play it? Was that big over um, overseas? Yeah, it was. Yeah, for anyone who who doesn't know, yeah, it was like a live quiz show, right? So there'd be a host live and you'd have to answer 10 questions in a row with a 10 second countdown. If you got all of them right, you'd win a share. Of, of the prize pot and it yeah it went kind of really viral didn't it thousands of people were playing it at the same time it did amazing and then sort of suddenly disappeared it was odd yeah yeah um i was totally obsessed with it when it came out wrote a medium article about how the future was interactive and then just watched its downfall i mean what happened is it got up to 2.3 million people playing at the same time and you know the money the, the, the prize with the money was like interesting but people who won won like five bucks 
because there are so many winners. So it wasn't what I found interesting about it was less so the money and more so the idea of you know two million people playing this game together at once. I remember having um, an experience at a party in New York and there being like twenty people, like everybody at this party pulled out their phone at the time and played together. And it was like, oh, this is cool. This is like a, a real communal experience that's happening through a digital interface, which I haven't seen many other um, apps do. You know, it's, it's mostly silo to you. And then they, they basically just kept doing trivia and they beat it into the ground and never tried anything different until it was too late and people lost interest. You know, they got tired of just um, trying to be, get through 10 questions. They didn't iterate fast enough. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, there's a lot there. It's a fascinating story as well to, to hear everything you've been involved with this is really, really cool. And yeah, th this is kind of the crux of what I wanted to talk about in this episode because you're exactly right. That HQ is a great example of using kind of the internet and web two as we know it. So where we're all connected through a device and we could all play together. There's something amazing about that. Something really fun about playing with people all around the world at the same time and yeah their model was kind of weird because the more people who played the less money you got because you were sharing the pot so it was, it's slightly kind of flawed model from the off i think but yeah but then that never really got captured and it went away and then now we're moving into this immersive uh metaverse style virtual world and all of that virtual reality stuff you talked about is kind of coming to a head i think i read something recently that last year was the first year that oculus outsold xbox i think so it seems like that crunch moment is finally coming and you're and you're right like for anyone who hasn't put on an oculus perhaps a quest 2 is the one that has kind of broken through to the mainstream because you can do it without tethering to a computer there is this moment you have and you go boom this is this is really uh, crazy so yeah so the, when we first connected was through a project that i saw and i've talked about it quite a lot on the podcast and to be clear there's no incentives here i just think it's cool uh, so we kind of uh, chatted and what you're working on now is something called the internet game which kind of uses all of those things you've mentioned in a, in a way um or at least the beginnings of those things so maybe you could just give us the lowdown on what that is and how it's beginning to kind of paint the picture for the future of content in the metaverse yeah so we, we kind of uh, started with the idea of hq trivia and then thought okay how could we make this way more interesting way more 2021 at the time now more 2022 how do we make it so that it's not just trivia it's like all these different types of games the prizes are more interesting and um, yeah, just like a much better version for that. And so we kind of came up with an idea that, that later resembled um, Squid Game to a large extent. You know, it's like elimination style where there's five games that are taking place across five days. Each game lasts 12 hours. There'll be something like 20,000 people playing these games. Each of the games is really different. They're not trivia, right? Like we're not disclosing what the games are for fairness, but they're much more interesting and all varied, kind of like the games in Squid Game if you watch that on Netflix. So people are being eliminated each game and then there are these very, very valuable NFT prizes that are going out to the top scoring players at the end of the five games. Mm -hmm. So as people are, there's a buy-in for the internet game um, that starts at 0.05 ETH and, and goes up from there. And then we're using all that money to buy these, you know, these crazy expensive NFTs. Like the first one we bought was a board ape for $220,000, 53 ETH at the time. Unless we buy something bigger, that's what the first place player will get, which is super exciting. And then on top of that, we also have our own NFT that we're launching through the internet game which is called the metaverse access card very relevant to this podcast um <laughs> which will look really cool it'll get people um free access to all future internet games um and airdrops and and, and partnerships and cool things even in-person parties um, but that will be given to the people that make it all through five games but not necessarily get in the, the you know the top five players top 
10 top 50 players interesting okay yeah so uh yeah there's these crazy prizes on offer these cool games that anyone can play and yeah this token which i'm assuming um is what you need to play this first set of internet games and then that will lead on to other things in the future this will run eventually it's, it's five days this project but i imagine it's the first of a bigger plan am i, am I right in some form it's yeah like, oh, exactly this is going to be yeah, very yeah. very basic compared to the ideas that we have for the future okay yeah so let's see a couple more things one it's it's actually a lot more merged with the metaverse than i previously mentioned because we also have someone hosting it who lives in the metaverse this is uh fn mecca he's a virtual influencer meaning he's not a real person uh he's an ai robot rapper um on tiktok and he has 10 million followers he also has a spotify album and he just has videos of him doing crazy things that have all been, you know, rendered by um, a guy that we know who's one of our partners. Yeah, he doesn't exist, but he will exist in terms of the internet game. He'll be introducing all the games and in kind of there'll be these fantastical kind of opening cutscenes. Basically, you can think of like a scene from a video game that introduces each of the games and kind of talks about the result of the previous one. Yeah, and this this is the really interesting uh, part of it all as well. So yeah, FN Mecca um, have mentioned on this podcast before as well, and yeah. Yeah, is this a uh, virtual influencer and we did a whole episode uh previously with somebody who who makes them and create creates them not fn mecca specifically but other ones and there's a real trend at the minute of these 3d avatar people who have backstories and personalities and live online and have huge engagements and that is really interesting in itself so you've got all these things coming together here where a new sort of type of content where everyone can play together but it's also hosted by a uh, virtual influencer and everything that that brings is, is really really interesting so outside of that specific project when you start to think about the future and what sorts of content or entertainment experiences we might be having in the metaverse so as i mentioned you know a lot of it's quite passive and 2d at the minute you know watching netflix on a screen typically of an evening what are you thinking of in the future of how we might experience content in our kind of daily lives but with uh, the metaverse kind of looming yeah i mean i think a super easy one to start with related to internet game and hq trivia is game shows which are huge you know they've been around for 60 years now there's maybe maybe longer and they're not going away people love this you know this game show format and it's shocking to me that there are not any of them in mainstream television where instead of watching someone else play you are playing from home from your from your phone or some format like that i think that you know it's going to be one of those things where once someone cracks it and figures out how to do it well i just don't understand why you would want to watch someone else answer questions on who wants to be a millionaire versus answering them um, them for yourself mm-hmm. so i think that's an easy like kind of jump into the level of interactivity that we can kind of expect in the near future and then you know i mean if, we're, if we want to go into the more fantastical you know having these vr movies having super high budget um tv and and movies shot um, with these gigantic arrays of cameras such that you can actually walk around the scene and be physically immersed inside the movie that you're watching. And, and then, you know, take it a step further and have your actions actually take you into different storylines, kind of like what Netflix did with their, I forget what it was called, the one where they allowed you to, to you know, choose A, B, or C, and there was a few different storylines. Yes, I do remember. I can't remember what it's called either, but yeah, there was some, oh, Black Mirror stuff, was it? Was it Black Mirror or? I think it was a Black Mirror, but then it was called Black Mirror something else. But I think you quickly found out that there was like very few potential outcomes, you know, and it didn't really feel like it was kind of just like luck of the draw or like, I, you know, I went back and tried to find out how many different storylines there were and it was a little bit disappointing. But yeah, I think that we'll go really far in that direction and you'll kind of be, you know, you'll kind of be confused in the future looking back at these 2D static non-interactive medias that we're interacting with now in the same way that you look back at, you know, movies without sound, silent movies. You're like, whoa, it was missing this whole dimension of, of color and sound 
that we now um, take for granted. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it because it's really hard to think ahead into the future and obviously it doesn't exist yet and you can kind of ex- extrapolate in certain directions, but it's it feels weird because uh, we haven't seen anything quite like that. But yeah, I think you gave some great examples there and I like quiz shows, like you say, are never going away. At a minute we have something like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire where you watch someone else playing and then maybe the addition of that is that you can download the app and then sort of have a pretend go on your own. But in the metaverse, you might be able to have loads of contestants all playing at once as avatars all there live potentially and involved in this in this game and i guess the different use cases sometimes you'll want to just sit back and watch something that is passive watch a film and not interact with it and not have to do anything and that will carry on because sometimes we don't always want to be fully immersed but there will also be other types it'll be almost like a new class of content and experience i guess where you are part of the story or you are in the game or, or you choose things like a, a combination of kind of gaming and traditional tv it's uh, it's really interesting isn't it um do you think that that will happen like a new kind of genre of immersive storytelling whether that is game shows or whether that is and you know films where where you are the main character in some form absolutely yeah i think that's probably what we're furthest away from and in between now and then i think there'll be a lot of crappy attempts at the quote-unquote the metaverse Um, i think we're super super early i'm kind of shocked that you know web3 and the metaverse exploded in the same in the way that they did and you know zuckerberg and facebook and all that stuff because i just think we're so early still Uh, and that's coming from me being stoked about vr in 2012 2013, 2012, and then it's taking this long, um, you know, for us to get to the Quest 2. I don't think that we know exactly what it looks like yet. I think we have, you know, a better idea of it because some brilliant sci-fi authors have been thinking about it for decades, you know? I think Ready Player One is a, is a pretty cool thing to look at in terms of what it'll be, but I mean, I, I really don't know. I do think there'll be crappy ones though. Like basically when they try to um, apply how the, the way things have worked, to a new technology. I think a good example of this is um, in VR when they just shot a bunch of 360 videos and then we're like, you can be immersed. It's like, no, that doesn't work at all. Like it really, really doesn't. You need to be able to walk around and have full interactivity. Otherwise it's not immersive and it feels weird and you'd rather just have it be 2D. Yeah, that happens a lot, doesn't it? I read as well that when TV first came out, the very first shows were radio shows with with pictures, basically, because people didn't understand the medium of what actually they were trying to do the old things on the new thing, and they didn't really work. And and um, yeah, so I'm sure we'll go through a phase of that. There is some already some amazing, obviously, VR stuff, but it's usually gaming or some sort of experience that isn't quite there yet. So yeah, it's going to be an interesting kind of next few months, and imagine it will move pretty quickly as well. I wanted to ask you what you think about the future of celebrity in the metaverse because right now in our in our world we have movie stars and pop stars and reality tv stars and social media stars and we talked a little bit about virtual influencers they're like fm mecca who's the host of of your project and there's there was a fascinating tweet thread recently from a guest that we had on the show quibble cop who's a big youtuber uh, 15 million subs and he's essentially retiring from youtube he's been making videos every day but he's created a, a vtuber a virtual character and he's now kind of automating the videos this vtuber is going to run his channel when he does other stuff. I'll put their link to the thread in the in the show notes. But how, how do you think about sort of celebrity in this new world? Because I think this is it's going to be very different again, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's that's something that seems glaringly obvious to me. Well, I mean, we'll see if I'm right. But I think FN Mecca is kind of the the the, the foreshadow of what's going to happen. 
I mean, you're seeing anonymity becoming more and more important. I mean, I know I'm deep in the crypto world and, and everyone's not necessarily in there, but there's a lot more personas being built online um, of either entirely fake people like uh, FN Mecca or people who you, you will never see ever their serious, their, their real name or their real face. I think that's going to grow and grow and grow. And it's going to be one of those things where suddenly way more people have access to become celebrity because they are comfortable in their own skin and their own digital skin, whereas they wouldn't have been otherwise if they had to put their own face um, and, and even like their personality online. It's going to be a great enabler for people to become their own versions of celebrity. And it, like if you really look at who's becoming super, super famous right now, it's often the most extreme people that are really be, like already kind of creating fantastical personas around themselves. Like a Lady Gaga, for example. You know, it's like before her that movie she was in recently, no one even knew what she looked like without <laughs> all the makeup and, and hair and everything else. It's these really extreme personas that are grabbing people as the world becomes crazier and more full of distractions. You really have to like be wild. So I think, you know, avatars enable you to be even further out there. You know, like FN Mecca has a robotic jaw and can fly in on a Lamborghini helicopter. Like you're never going to be able to do that. So I think you'll resort to avatars to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's, a, it adds a layer of creativity to to just our experiences in the world that you just cannot do in the physical world. And um, yeah, I think that's that's something I didn't click for for a little while. Like obviously we're not here to replace the physical world. There's a, that will won't be the use case of the metaverse. But there will be certain situations where there'll just be experiences that you just cannot do in the physical world, and they are amazing in their own right. There's a whole. Um, I was reading an interesting thing because uh, I think it's called Sensorium Galaxy. It's like a big EDM dance metaverse that's coming, and like of big names are involved with it and they've got a like virtual club like a sort of Vegas style club where the experiences in there are obviously going to be different to being in the club but they'll also be able to do amazing things where things are flying around and the music is you know going 360 and crazy visuals that you just can't do in the, in the physical world so yeah it's going to get uh, pretty wild pretty quickly which is which is interesting for sure and um, I wanted to ask as well what, what do you think about when, you, when you're, you're somebody who's worked on a lot of these different experiences and has a history in VR from you know a long time and, you, and what do you think about when you're creating a project in this space what sort of things do you consider what have you found that people connect with most when you're thinking more about kind of immersive and this next generation of, of content and entertainment i mean definitely multiplayer that's for sure mm -hmm. i mean for me there was kind of two aha moments that i saw and, and personally experienced in vr one was realizing that your brain was deciding that what you were seeing was real the, the way i did that was uh should, have you played richie's plank experience yeah yeah yes yeah. so on uh oculus where you get a lift right up to a really tall building and there's a plank of wood out hanging over the building and you, and you walk over it right and your brain really thinks that you are high up and if you step off of it off it you almost crumble to the floor because you feel like you're falling yeah exactly yeah it always like hey are you afraid of heights and people would say no i'm good and then they would be shaking and unable yeah. to move right so that was the first thing of like oh shit this can be just as real like that was the first flip and then the second one was yeah multiplayer experiencing another player another presence um, in in uh, in VR for me that was playing um, Rec Room. It was like the first day it came out. Downloaded it and then I didn't know it was multiplayer because I'd never had a multiplayer VR experience. So I was like in the Rec Room, you know, and there was a bunch of what I thought to be bots hanging around 
And then a guy, you know, came up to me very close and was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, oh, yeah, what, what's or what's up, man? Like thinking it's a bot. And then he replied and I was like, can you hear me? And he's like, yeah, man. I'm like, and he starts waving his hands. And then I had this really visceral feeling of um, like invasion of privacy, you know, because it, it always felt like my private space. And all of a sudden there was like a real physical person like right like you know five inches from me and it was like whoa um so yeah that and then i vr is kind of it's lonely otherwise you can only be in vr i think for so long before you're like oh i get i gotta get out of here and having other people there makes it feel a whole lot more real and friendly and you know a place you want to be yeah yeah for sure and it's uh it's crazy isn't it because it's almost like brains are gonna have to rewire to these really strange but awesome experiences like it's just a very odd thing until you've spent a bit of time doing it and no doubt there'll be good and bad sides of it but also something that i've found just even as a guy and this might not be typical of everyone but there's people i've worked with in the past who i got on really well with in a work environment but i I probably wouldn't call up in a group chat and just have a conversation with you know four guys all different ages some a bit older than me and whatever but in in vr as a social experience when you play a game or you're in a world it's an amazing way of catching up with people whilst you've got something to do and it's just a really fun way to do that so that's something i've just noticed personally it's like another interesting thing that i didn't really think about vr would help you achieve but it's uh yeah like playing something whilst you're hanging out with friends or family or whatever is so much better than a zoom conversation it's just uh yeah just interesting stuff for sure oh yeah 100 yeah games are games are great in that way yeah 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 and that's that's nothing new i guess in the multiplayer sense but it's uh, it is a different uh switch for, for vr it's really interesting yeah i wanted to ask as well you may not be able to say because maybe you've got some of this stuff planned but what is an experience or a piece of content that you'd love to create in the metaverse maybe in five years time when it's moved on and, and there's less kind of limitations and people are there and the audiences are there what what would be kind of like a super out there piece of content or experience that you'd love to be a part of um let's see i'll give you two answers for that one of them is the, the simplest possible thing that i can imagine but I, I can just imagine playing this forever um and that being when there's good good ar finally and we have like actually good ar with a high resolution and a, a solid field of view and it's comfortable hopefully apple's the one that does it would just be bouncing a ball with a friend like a little digital ball that you know interacts with surfaces and you can just throw it it kind of has a floaty feeling to it and you know it can bounce off the walls and the ceiling and everything else and just just playing that at a table with a friend <laughs> you know it's, i, I kind of love that example because it just shows like man you don't need to go crazy to make something like good AR really fun and interesting. And then the second answer is, have you read the book Damon? I have not, no, what's, uh, what's it about? Highly, highly recommend it. It's a, it's a, there's a two part sci-fi series. Uh, first book is Damon, the second one's called Freedom TM. Um, and it's about a billionaire video game creator that dies. And then um, he basically leaves behind a daemon, which is like an AI. It's a program that runs when a certain event occurs. He leaves all the money to the daemon and the daemon has a plan for what it should do with the money and starts to incentivize real physical people to do certain things. That's all I can say without ruining part of the story. But it has a really interesting, I guess, view of how we could gamify the real world. My thesis on this is basically that video games are amazing and they've, they've come really far in terms of gamification. You know, World of Warcraft, you know, kids will literally kill themselves trying to get to level 99 um, because of how gr- addictive those loops of achievements and points and badges and levels are. But the real life doesn't have that good of a feedback loop. It's really not immediate and it's not as like gratifying. And so I'm what I'm really excited about building like in really in the future, and I haven't really talked about this much publicly is gamifying the real world mostly through augmented reality and allowing people to actually like level up 
their own character, meaning their human life, their human body, um, but with the same kind of feedback loops with levels and points and everything else. So that, you know, you could be like a level 17 podcast host <laughs> with, you know, lots, you know, even while you're doing this podcast with me, you like, you know, you get no points for level 18. And then you see in the, your heads up view, like, ding, 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 like you did it, you did it. And using that to incentivize people to get excited about their own lives um, rather than building up digital lives online. Yeah, that's that's a, a wild um, thought, isn't it? And uh, yeah, and I know like when you hear these things, people immediately jump to the bad side of it and kind of wanting to push back. And like, obviously, if that was in the wrong hands, yeah, that would, we've seen sort of um, you know Black Mirror type stuff where social credits and those kind of things can go wrong. But there's certainly a uh, I think gamification is is something that like when people say they they haven't played a video game or they don't really like it, I, I would always say to them, you just you haven't found the right video game because everybody loves games it's just whatever you enjoy you maybe haven't found that one yet like games are are so essential to being a human they're so fun that i think uh yeah and in learning in, in general and schooling and education i think all these things i think you're right like gamifying normal life is going to be an amazing area that could get really uh, crazy really fast so uh, yeah exciting uh, what sort of things that currently exist are you most excited about specifically kind of virtual worlds obviously we're in the sort of uh, early dawn of all this stuff but when you look at you know the sandbox and uh, digital real estate and everything that's kind of blowing up at the minute and then kind of full vr immersive worlds like somnium space that are built for vr uh, how, how do you kind of view that as a landscape at the minute and uh, are there things that you think that will survive over other worlds or how do you kind of view what's going on right now yeah i mean it's it's so hard because we're so early so, I mean, you know timing seems to be the most important factor for the success of a company and I, I do think that some of these might be a little bit early i definitely think facebook's gonna fail or meta's gonna fail i just really <laughs> i don't oh, think no. they have the creativity i mean come on they have never innovated not once since since the dawn of facebook they they built the, the wall and and basically this is the core of, of facebook and they have not done a single interesting thing since they have acquired things that are interesting such as oculus rift and instagram but they have not not once succeeded even in copying something else. All they've done is bought. So no, I do not think they're gonna suddenly uh, solve the most you know, creatively challenging problem this world has, has known in terms of digital media, no. What I, honestly, I think the, the, the company that's furthest ahead in terms of making a metaverse is Epic Games and Fortnite. Mm. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think they set out to do that. Roblox, I'd say also is, is up there. In terms of having people spend tremendous amounts of time in a digital space and also giving them the freedom to do a whole ton of different things and not just kill people. Yeah, Roblox and, and Fortnite are, are pretty far ahead. And in terms of total users, like also really, really high up there, um, especially if you compare it to, say, um, Oculus. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's probably no coincidence that both of those are games first, really, or at least that's how they started out, right? Yeah, Fortnite and... Are you yeah, fi Fortnite you're figuring and... out my thesis? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I think that brings people in yeah and i found that as well as much as i love the virtual worlds the blockchain ones that are out there central is great and it's going to be amazing for sure and there's loads of cool stuff going on but when you go there as a new user unless you kind of are going to an event or you're got a sort of quest or a challenge or something going on wandering around it's cool but you need that gamification or something there to kind of keep you coming back regularly right and yeah so i think that's that's really key at least to bring people in and i'm sure that will all come but yeah i think a yeah, good test good. is if you remove the the monetary side of a platform, if you remove the, the financial incentive of Sandbox and Decentraland, what would happen to the user base? And I, mm. I think that they would crumble because yeah, that's not a very compelling experience besides the whole, like you could flip this piece of land for 10X in a year. Yeah, now I wonder whether that's part of that's because 
because like I say, we were very early and we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting times for sure. Uh, well, what do you think for, for 22 then, 2022 then? Obviously uh, a big question that's sort of impossible to answer. But when you look at last year and you look at how fast stuff is moving, what's your kind of view? Are you, are you optimistic that we explode into to new heights immediately? Or do you think it's uh, poised for a sort of correction and clear out of projects that are, aren't really here for the long term? Or, or what do you think for the coming year for this space generally? Yeah, no, I think it's just, a, it's such a fascinating space in general. I don't know if we're due for a clear out just because it is so early and people are, are innovating. Like you were saying, even if sand Sandbox is not you know super compelling, there's enough like meat there to be like, ooh, this is super cool. Um, I do think that there'll be a rise, obviously I would think this, but a rise in kind of these um, like web 2.5 type of things. That's kind of what we refer to internet game as, right? Cause like, we're not asking you to put on a VR headset and we're moving towards you know you not even having to use MetaMask, but adding an interactive layer on onto something um, that we already know works really well. So I I think there'll be more things like this before we get to the the full on 3D VR AR immersive type things, um, and it'll be good practice as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be uh, steps to get there, isn't it? But I think it's it's going to be a pretty crazy bumper year, judging on what's happened over the last few months for sure. Um, well, yeah, thanks so much for your time. I know you're very busy and got uh, lots that you're working on at the minute. I just had a couple of final questions. I always like to ask, are there any sort of people or projects, either your own or outside of that, that you think aren't getting enough attention that you're really excited about and uh, a chance to kind of shout anyone out that you, uh, you think is doing cool stuff in this space? Oh, let's see. I mean, honestly, I've been so heads down the last couple of months i haven't done as much discovery there's there's one that i'm interested in that i i don't know i don't think they've launched yet um but it was the the girls that did a um they basically did a show on clubhouse called uh new york girls hating on wall street guys something like that it was basically like an interactive um bachelor kind of like that anyways that they're they're launching a kind of like what we talked about it's like a it's a web3 interactive uh dating show oh that's cool yeah that's another area that i haven't seen people really explore yet but uh i think is all gonna happen isn't it and it's gonna get super weird super quick is yeah there will be stories in the future of people falling in love with avatars and that causing problems in relationships and all those types of things that seem unbelievable now will uh definitely happen in some form but yeah that sounds cool i'll, I'll uh, check it out and pop uh, some notes it's called the mad realities they did a, a crowdfund on mirror.xyz raised um 80 eth to, to do their first show and like oh, wow. owning the nft allows you to vote and inter- interact with the show so yeah pretty interesting in terms of pushing the envelope on interactive uh, media yeah for sure and we're seeing a lot of that with things like jenkins the valet the ape uh, book that's been signed by caa and various other uh, Project Stoner Cats and, and uh, yeah, these these decentralized models that are sort of uh, knocking on the door of Hollywood and at least at the beginning saying we don't sort of need you to, to make stuff, which is uh, another thing that's going to get really interesting this year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, what, what's your advice for someone uh, wanting to get involved in this space? I like to ask this because I speak to a lot of people who, um, you know, really excited by this and rightly so, because this is a, an amazing moment to be alive and, and so much cool stuff happening and being built. But they're often... It's not sure how to get involved and, and what they want to do. They sort of uh, feel a bit uh, sometimes helpless watching it. I know that's how I felt before I kind of started this podcast. So would you have any advice to someone who has, you know, has, has seen this wave coming and this change happening, but isn't sure kind of what to do about it? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, first off, decide exactly what you're most excited about. And that, it's okay if you don't know that exactly. You can, you know, just get your feet wet and figure out exactly. But um, once you have an idea of if you want to, let's say, let, let's go two answers. 
One, if you want to join an existing company, um, I think I've been consistently shocked as a, as a serial founder, how few people like really, really reach out and say, hey, I want to be valuable. Founders are really busy. And so they'll probably either not answer you or say like, okay, cool, like go do something valuable and then come back to me. So that's really the secret. If you can, you know, go into a Discord and because of Discord, you know, founders are more accessible than ever before. But if you can go into one of these things and then find something, find a way to be valuable and then go and, you know, go and do that thing. You know, bad example would be saying, hey, I wrote a press release for your company and I reached out to 10 reporters that wrote about um, similar things on TechCrunch and I got an answer from one of them. Like that, that means you have put forth more effort than 99.9% of other people that are in that Discord or, or tweeting them on Twitter. If you can just do a, just a, even a small task that shows you can make a concerted effort um, and take initiative, that will go such a long way. Um, I have people that have, have literally done something like that and then later become my co-founder on a future company. So that's one thing. And then um, if, you, if you're if you more of a founder type and you don't wanna go and work for somebody else, then the general advice I give is just do one thing at a time. I think it's really easy to get very concerned with how there's you know 10,000 steps ahead of you between where you are today and then launching a, an interactive media company or whatever your idea is. But if you can just be consistent and do the, the one thing today that would move you a little bit closer to that goal and just keep doing that, you will get there. Yeah, that is gold advice. Both of those things are, yeah, really, really thanks for sharing that because I think that's uh, that's really helpful, isn't it? To, yeah, basically be valuable for somebody else and then it's uh, it's hard for people to ignore you in, in a good way. That's uh, that's really good advice, yeah. Uh, yeah, Jordan, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate your time and uh, that was a great chat. It's uh, exciting times for sure. So um, where, where can we send people to follow you and the awesome work that you're doing at the minute? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm uh, Jay Lejuan, J-E-L-E or sorry, J-L-E-J-U-W-A-A-N. Um, and you can also check out Internet Game. The domain is internet.game. Nice, perfect. All right, well, uh, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, all the best with uh, Internet Game and everything coming up this year. Thanks so much. So there we go. What did you make of that episode with Jordan? I thought he gave some awesome advice uh, at the end there. And just really interesting to chat to someone who has been successful in so many areas and uh, yeah, get excited about the future of content and entertainment and where this space is all going 2022 is going to be a cool year for sure uh, so thank you so much for listening do say hello if you want to uh, on twitter at metaverse luke uh, metaversepod at gmail.com on email and uh, if you want to keep up with the uh, nft newsletter metaverseluke.substack.com i'll pop all those links along with uh, anything useful from the show in the show notes um, have a brilliant rest of your week and i will see you for next week's episode 